everybody. Welcome back to the Ocean Lovers podcast. This is technically episode 12 and Kirsty here with Erica. Hello. Hello. I'm excited. And today we're doing something different. So the reason why I said technically it's episode 12 is because we're starting something new and we're really excited about it. We are starting a new series, I guess you can call it. Um, we're going to call it the Deep Dive, Deep Dive series, and this is part yes. one, and we wanted to, yes. we're really excited, we wanted to maybe do like, I mean, we're not going to be super picky about the time, but we're kind of aiming for half hour episodes, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> We like yeah. to talk. You guys know that if you've been listening <laughs> so, this far. We're going to try to keep them somewhat shorter, mm-hmm. but what what the Deep Dive series is going to be is um, kind of picking one ocean-themed topic and diving in a little bit yeah. deeper. So we're going to kind of focus on this one topic. It's going to change every week, and it's going to be kind of an educational mm-hmm. series. So for us, because we have to research yeah. the topic, so we know how to educate you guys. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is really exciting. So this is part one of our Dive Deep series. Yep, and it's about... And... Jellyfish! Do you want to... <laughs> Yay! It's okay, it's about jellyfish. Yeah. We're kind of letting you in on that little secret. Um, we actually have... We usually look for something going on in the world yes. to start... Well, we like to start the podcast by giving a little bit mm-hmm. of news, what's going on in the ocean-loving world. And Chrissy, do you want to tell them about our news? Yeah, article? so this actually ended up being absolutely perfect for this episode, for part one, because this last week I saw a short little video and there's a little report about a jellyfish that was spotted in the Venice Canals. And there's a super interesting article about it in CNN. I'm sure you can find it other places. Um, but it basically... Um, I'll read, like, maybe a short part of it. Uh, Let's see. So, basically, it was actually a biologist that was out named Andrew Mm. Mangoni, I believe, um, that caught the video. Uh, Let's see. Close to the St. Mark's Square. Um, And, basically, they said it could be a combination of low tide and low traffic. That has led the deposition of sediments on the bottom of the canals, which have led to an increase in transparency of the water in the canals of Venice. So that could be a reason why that the jellyfish somewhat appeared. You never know. But I find that that's really cool that they're starting to see all this marine life kind of come about where areas that you wouldn't generally see it because there's so much um, traffic. Yeah. So if. If people are listening from the future and they don't know that we're in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic right now, (laughs) um, just in case anybody listens some other time, that's kind of what's going on right now. So the reason it's so cool is because normally the canals in Venice are murky Mm -hmm. um, just because of how they're teeming with tourism and just people and, you know, uh, all that stuff, uh, pollution and whatnot. Um, So usually they're not visible if they're there at all. And jellyfish Mm -hmm. were seen. So like two days ago. That's really cool. That's just one. Even if they're if they do randomly come in and out throughout the night and we just don't know because one, people might not just be paying attention to it. And two, you probably can't see it because then the water's murky all the time. Yeah, I think it's a could be a little bit of both. Maybe it's just too murky usually to notice, or maybe there's marine life that's returning to the canals because it's 
yeah. fresher and you never know, you know healthier <laughs> so yeah so that's really cool so jellyfish have been seen swimming in the canals in Venice and today we are going to learn all about jellyfish so I really enjoy doing the research for this episode because I learned a lot about jellyfish that yeah, I had no a lot of fun and something kind of cool yeah I remember when we recorded our first episode our first ever episode we briefly mentioned yeah. that we'd like to do a jellyfish episode we thought it'd be fitting to do our first deep dive series episode on yeah. jellyfish and i think it's a perfect opportunity to do that especially for part one because like you said we talked about it and overall they're just really interesting to look at in general i mean people go to the monterey bay aquarium and all these aquariums and they're just so beautiful to look at and they're so peaceful but yet we don't know a whole lot about them I mean we know facts here and there yeah they're mysterious yeah some general information but to really know um the species and plus there's not that many that we know about it's it's pretty cool to to um for the both of us to kind of look up our own information and we were uh for people listening Erica and I were actually like texting back and forth like holy crap there's a lot, like, there's a lot I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, it's not only that either. There's so many yeah. different species. It's such a diverse group of animals that we'll never oh, right. know everything. We hardly can even scratch yeah. the surface. Um, and yeah, you're right. Just looking at jellyfish, mm-hmm. they're so hypnotic and they're beautiful. And some of them have um, bioluminescence and Yeah, so we'll kind of just, like, dive right in. So jellyfish basically is just a common name given to this one life cycle stage of, uh, it's called a medusa. We'll get into that, but jellyfish is just a common name of basically gelatinous animals in the phylum Mm -hmm. Cnidaria. So they're called jellyfish. They're not actually fish. Um, Jellyfish is just a broad term. Fish have backbones. Um, so they are vertebrates where jellyfish are invertebrates. Mm-hmm. So just to avoid any confusion, a lot of scientists just call them sea jellies yeah. so that they're not called <laughs> fish at all. Um, so yeah, so we'll probably use that a little bit interchangeably. So they can be called jellyfish or sea jellies. Yeah. And like we said, they're very diverse. Um, they're found in all different shapes, sizes, and colors. They're found all over the world in just about every single climate. So they're they're really, really cool animals. And um, like I said, there's so much to know yeah. about them that we're only going to be yeah. scratching the surface, <laughs> the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. But they've been around for hundreds of millions of years. They've been around a very, very long time. Scientists still think that there could be as many as a few hundred thousand undiscovered species so still a lot to learn um but generally they are animals that are boneless brainless bloodless and they're some of the most fascinating animals that i've ever learned about but but um like we said the group is so broad that everything that we talk about isn't going to apply to every Mm -hmm. single individual species but generally we're going to be teaching yeah. you about jellyfish. So do you want to? Yeah. So I know you it? have a lot more notes than I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like you said, maybe, maybe we'll start with like, anatomy. So maybe we'll start with like their general yeah. anatomy. So like you said, they have no brain, no bones, no blood and no heart. Um, they are 95% water, which is crazy. 
and uh, mm-hmm. it's crazy that they could be so intelligent, but at the same time, there's not much to them. Um, so I find that really interesting. And then they're yeah. made out of, I've been trying to um, make myself say this because I'm so bad with names, but they are made out of uh, mesoglia. And um, yeah, mesoglia is like their jelly yeah. substance that they're yeah. made so out of. Not only are they made out of the mesoglia, but they're 95% water. So basically, the top part of them is called a bell, which is, you know, it kind of looks like their umbrella like mm-hmm. top part. They have their tentacles and then they have the digestive cavity. And the area, they just basically eat out of the opening. They have one opening, so they eat, and then they basically, I guess you can say they poop out of the Mm -hmm. same area. Out of the same hole. (laughs) (laughs) It serves as their mouth, esophagus, stomach, intestine, and anus. (laughs) All in one. (laughs) And that's found, yeah, that's found on the underside of the cell, which... They also use for propulsion, mm-hmm. as we all know, the hypnotic movement of jellyfish. Right. They use their bell to kind of, yeah, flex yeah. and pushes them forward. And then if you... And what I thought was really mm-hmm. cool... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, what I thought was really cool was the bell has a sensory organ. Yeah. So like we said, they don't have a brain. Um, they actually have a nerve net. So basically nerves communicate with other nerves but they don't have like one main sensory system but they are able to sense light and possibly gravity and maybe even sense vibrations and odor which I thought was really cool. I read up on I'm looking at my notes right now and I figured this would be kind of a good topic to go into um would be specifically the box jellies so I read a little bit on those and I had I read I watched some videos to where they say the box jellies uh for those of you guys that do not know they are the most venomous marine animal on earth um so they're very dangerous they uh, can basically possibly kill someone in five minutes or less with a sting um so that's not good mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, and some jellyfish don't have stingers. Right. Not all of them do, but box jellies are, yeah, like you said, the most venomous yeah. marine animal in the world. Um, what I thought was really terrifying when I was reading about box jellyfish is they're more advanced than other species mm-hmm. of jellyfish. They have 24 I eyes, know. two of which eyes. they think can see color. Yeah. And they're one of they're they're one of only a few types of animals that can see 360 degrees around them. Yeah, so that was if there's crazy. any animal that's going to take over the world, it's a box jellyfish. Yeah. So I read that they were freaky. They have the 24 eyes. And then I guess they have the four eyes curved upward on the top. Um, and they said that they use that, like you said, for the 360 degree to kind of, to spot, uh, basically when they're, uh, finding prey and I guess they do this under the mangrove trees and I thought that was interesting mm-hmm. and I watched a video to where um he was going to catch one and they were what I noticed uh something just observation is that there's they're really in shallow water from what I've seen so I can see so not only are they beyond dangerous and venomous but sometimes, I mean, you could be ankle deep and you could be stung by one. Like, that's crazy. 
Yeah, they're a pretty freaky mm-hmm. animal. I remember the first time that I ever went scuba diving, I had to pay. <laughs> they give you the choice if you want to wear a sting suit oh. or not, like a jellyfish sting suit. Um, so I paid twelve dollars <laughs> to wear a sting suit because I was like, I've never been scuba diving. I don't want to be stung by a jellyfish oh my, my first time. That does not. Where did sound you fun. do that at? Um, that was the Great Barrier Reef. Okay, I was going to say, they, the when I was reading up on it, they said that they specifically were in Australia at the time when they were, uh, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. So the stinging cells you might have noticed are called um, nematocysts. Mm-hmm. And basically burst and inject venom into their prey, which paralyzes it and... Um, not all stings are deadly. Yeah. Not all of them are even painful to humans. Um, but some of them are. <laughs> yeah. To the box jellyfish. I'm sorry, that's my dog baby freaking out. Um, something else that I thought was kind of cool, just going back to just jellyfish, is they don't have gills, and instead they absorb air through their skin. And I don't think oh. I knew that. I don't know if I thought they... I thought... I don't know. Maybe I thought they had gills. Oh, I don't know what I, I guess thought. I never, I never really thought about, it. Thought so about that. Yeah, cool. especially since it's it's crazy because they apparently do that, yet they have no heart, no brain, no bones, no blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Um, and the they, like I said, they're so diverse. Yeah. They range greatly. Um, the smallest one is basically microscopic. Mm-hmm. They can be about a millimeter. Um, I think the biggest one is almost seven feet in diameter. So just the bell is seven feet across. Oh, wow. And the tentacles can reach about 120 feet, which is the longest animal in the world. And that's on a lion's mane jelly. Oh, wow. Which is the... Okay. Yeah. And they if they sting you, it hurts, but you don't <laughs> like the box jelly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the lion's mane jelly is the largest, um, probably the longest animal in the world, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, talking about their, so one of the main things that we like really should mention when we're talking about jellyfish is they have this really complex life cycle that's quite Mm -hmm. different from like any Mm -hmm. other animal that I know of. And I do remember learning this actually in marine biology, um, so the cool thing about jellyfish is they can produce yes. sexually, but also sexually. Yeah. And some jellyfish are male, some are female, mm-hmm. and some are hermaphrodites, which is also pretty interesting. Yeah. And should we talk about, let's talk about their life cycle. Okay. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, sorry. I think it cut out for a second. So, um, oh. I'm trying to find it in my notes. Um, I know I had it somewhere. Let me try to find it real quick. Um, I had a section to where, um, I put I put notes on the um, immortal jelly, the life cycle of that one. Yeah. That one is crazy. So I'll talk a little bit about like their general life cycle and then we'll talk about that that. because I think when people think jellyfish, they often think of this. Um, I know I did. So jellyfish, basically they start their lives as little eggs. Mm -hmm. The eggs are fertilized. Mm -hmm. So their reproduction, they usually spawn when there's a good food supply around Mm -hmm. and 
spawning they think is controlled by light so that helps all of the individuals in the population know when it's time to spawn so they usually all do it at the same time usually dawn or dusk so the light kind of controls when they're gonna release their sperm and egg mm-hmm. so they release them into the water um, they fertilize with each other and they develop into little larvae so they're basically just little planktonic mm-hmm. larvae drifting around the ocean and um they they have little cilia around their bodies and cilia are like little tiny, tiny tentacles and they use them usually for movement. Um, so the swimming larva form of jellyfish is called a planula. Mm-hmm. And after a few days of floating around in the ocean currents, it settles onto a flat surface, sometimes the ocean floor, and it transforms into a polyp, mm-hmm. which looks like a little underwater flower. <laughs> it kind of looks like an anemone. Um, and they use their tentacles to catch and eat the plankton yeah. um, wherever they're anchored. And the polyps begin to reproduce asexually. So they do have the two different types of reproduction. The polyps produce asexually by budding. And then they split off into, it's called an ephyra. And it's an immature jellyfish. And that eventually develops into the adult medusa phase, which is what the jellyfish that we recognize yeah, so a medusa is the adult um, reproductive stage of a jellyfish. So whenever we're referring to jellyfish, most of them are talking about a medusa stage. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's generally how they reproduce. They go through this whole life cycle. But just like you were saying, there's one species yeah. that we know of that yeah. is basically biologically immortal which is so cool so so crazy um if you want to go a little bit into that so i have a little info on that well first of all i've always thought that the jellyfish life cycle life cycle was so crazy to me because to me like when i was younger i always thought okay is it a plant like what is this so when i was (laughs) younger it was kind of hard for me to understand how it is because how can you see this creature that's just kind of floating in the ocean, but yet it at one point looks like something that's just like kind of clinging on a rock? Like it's kind of weird. Yeah, exactly. It, it was well, always I mean, so even weird. Coral to me. And, and anemone are yeah are are animals. So mm-hmm. when but yeah, the jellyfish goes through that one phase that makes it look like a plant. Yeah. That's why they look like those little flowers under there um but yeah it's funny because when we're in school we learn about metamorphosis Mm -hmm. you know butterflies caterpillars all that but something that I thought was cool they made a comparison um to the jellyfish the um immortal jellyfish oh take it as if a butterfly was trying to revert back into a caterpillar Mm -hmm. yeah so that's basically what this jellyfish is able to do so they, it's called, let's see if I can produce this, Turricops dorney. So oh. <laughs> that's the scientific <laughs> name of this jellyfish that is immortal. So yeah. I think we were watching a couple yeah. videos about it. Basically, it can be killed, like if somebody kills it or if it's eaten mm-hmm. by something. But if it's in, like, perfect conditions, it can basically live forever by reversing its life cycle so it just goes backwards through those life yeah. cycle stages yeah so I guess when it um when it's sick or if it's under stress or just aging I guess it can somehow yeah, so sense it's like, that 
if it's like injured or even starving to death I read yeah. instead yeah, of like instead of dying mm-hmm. it just goes back into being a polyp and starts yeah budding again yeah and so it just it just does that over and over and when it's reproducing asexually like that it's releasing all these little clones mm-hmm. into the ocean yeah it's so, cloning it at the same time so, so not only is it regressing but it's also creating new little jellies yeah, yeah it's so cool too what i read so let me let me look at my notes so i basically put you know when it's sick aging under stress um it can sense this because i guess the it senses that it's um, the struggling cells. So it changes its identity Um, and the bell. So we talked about the bell is basically the umbrella like structure of the jellyfish and the tentacles will deteriorate and then it becomes a polyp again. So like we said, the life cycle just keeps going and going. If nothing's obviously eating it or killing it, then um, it just goes back and forth and then it, at the same time, it's just creating new jellies as as it becomes into a polyp again, and then it starts a life cycle all over. So that's I think it's so, so weird because the it's literally creating clones of itself. So even though it's not <laughs> the exact same individual, it's the exact same DNA. That's so hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like imagine us being yeah. able to be like, oh, I'm getting sick. I'm gonna go back to being a baby, and then I'm gonna yeah. clone myself, and then we're all I think gonna, I'm just gonna start together. over. <laughs> yeah, and it just goes over and over and over again. It's so yeah. cool. Um, and then yeah. I actually read yeah. that scientists are trying to use this one particular jellyfish. Um, they're trying to learn how to use stem cells to regenerate damaged or dead human tissue. So, oh. I don't know, I was watching in this video, they were like, maybe in the future, humans can live hundreds or thousands of years, all thanks to Teratopsis dorney. Huh. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I I read one to where it says that there's a species of jellyfish that apparently lights up green when it's agitated. And so I guess that part of it is called the uh, biofluorescent and it's called the green fluorescent protein. So uh, GFP. And this was pretty interesting. So I kind of want to look more into this. Um, I didn't get a chance to look up like more and more details on this but I guess scientists have somehow isolated this uh, fluorescent protein Mm -hmm. and they isolated the gene to where they could figure out how to insert it insert the DNA to somehow help um, see cancer cells and somehow help with Alzheimer's that's crazy yeah and I'm assuming that there's probably not too much study on that because if there was I'm sure we probably would have heard more by now it could just but, be something I mean, it's still crazy yeah and who knows what yeah. it'll be to like that's what that's what all of this research is mm-hmm. it's trying to yeah. make medicine better and all that and it's interesting yeah. too because there's not that many animals out there that can create their own light um i'm thinking of like fireflies what else <laughs> is there other than jellyfish mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Jellyfish. I know a lot of like yeah. deep sea animals, but nobody or like um sorry, algae, but nobody knows for sure why jellyfish do light up, but they think it's probably yeah. a defense mechanism either to startle a predator away from them or I mm-hmm. just saw that maybe it's to attract another predator to eat the one attacking them. So we don't really oh, know yeah. why they create their own light, but 
but they do which is they do thing. cool and especially I a lot of the fish that they find deep down oh yeah oh my gosh that stuff is still so mysterious that's why we love Ambari <laughs> with her mm-hmm. rover yeah um uh, the whole time I was researching too I kept coming up with the question I was like what what are what do they eat <laughs> I was like I don't really know oh I know yeah yeah eat. I know we didn't even talk about that <laughs> but it's I mean it's microscopic plankton they just they basically are feeding mm-hmm. on plankton they're as they're just moving along in the water so their bell yeah. is propelling them forward it kind of helps create a vacuum which sucks in seawater full of little plankton so plankton mm-hmm. I teach this on the boat to the students but plankton is anything living in the water column that can't swim against the ocean current so even though jellyfish can like propel themselves forward they're still considered a plankton because they can't swim against a current so a current's going to be right. sweeping them around Um, So they eat plankton such as fish eggs and larvae, also small fish, little crustaceans, and they even eat other Mm -hmm. jellyfish. And just like we mentioned, they only have one opening. So they ingest food (laughs) and expel waste through the same hole. (laughs) And they don't, they're not active hunters. Like we said, they're just passive feeders. So just kind of spreading their tentacles in the water and pulling up anything that sticks to it. Yeah. <laughs> and interesting. They are. And um I know something that we see on the boat quite a bit are mola mola, which you've seen before, right? The giant ocean sunfish. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love them, yeah. Yeah, they feed on jellyfish. Um Oh, okay. Yeah, jellyfish have not that many predators actually. Um Mola mola eat them, sea turtles eat them, and then turtles, other things yeah. that I didn't know. I didn't know that tuna and swordfish are some of their main predators and sharks as well. Oh. Yeah. But oh. they actually You know what? I'm What? Where is that? Oh, go on. Sorry. Oh. I well, was I was just gonna say that I love them. What I thought was really interesting is that in certain ecosystems, jellyfish can actually be a top predator in the food chain even though they're they're passive feeders but it's so interesting because mm-hmm. when so we all know that overfishing is a huge problem for a lot of places in the world it's a big problem for our oceans but mm-hmm. overfishing removes all the predators of the jellyfish so things like tuna and oh, then the true. balance is disrupted and they it just allows jellyfish to explode in population all their predators have been taken away so then they eat all the plankton all the fish eggs and little juvenile fish and so that stops the fish stock from even being able to recover so overfishing isn't yeah. just taking out too many of yeah. one type of fish it's disrupting everything and yeah. something yeah. also really interesting about jellyfish is that they tend to form these looms so groups of jellyfish and I have quite a bit of experience seeing this happen in the wild especially in Monterey oh my gosh we would have these oh I've seen them Mm -hmm. jellyfish blooms so jellyfish groups of jellyfish are either called blooms swarms or smacks which I thought was kind of cool to smack a jellyfish (laughs) I'll smack you with a little jellyfish (laughs) but um Man, when we were on the whale watching boats in Monterey, there was a few weeks where it was thick 
with jellyfish. The water was absolutely thick with jellyfish. There was more Mm -hmm. jellyfish than water. Like, the jellyfish, it was like just swimming through a pile of jellyfish. It were or boating yeah, through. It, can get, it was. Have you ever crazy. seen it off of like the harbor in Monterey? Yeah, it was right outside the harbor, like right in the bay, like yeah, right outside isn't the it harbor. Crazy? It's so crazy, and it's when I was there, nobody was like really sure why these mm-hmm. blooms were happening. Um, some scientists think that blooms happen for mating purposes so that they're all in one place Mm -hmm. but other environmental conditions can cause them as well and they can happen really quickly so things like ocean currents nutrients the temperature the season the prey um the predators all that can affect a bloom and they believe that it's becoming more common because of climate change so it can affect so many different things part of the problem Mm -hmm is that when the water warms, um, a lot of species can't survive in the warmer waters, but jellyfish can. So they kind of out-survive everybody. Um, And then when farmers and whatnot are are fertilizing their crops and it rains, all of those nutrients and fertilizers and all that go into the water and it's yeah ends up in the ocean so like the water it's going to run off into the rivers it's carried to the ocean and that causes a lot of problems as well that's something that we mm-hmm. also teach in our mpa um in crystal cove where like right outside of where i work we teach about um runoff because it like i said causes all kinds of different problems it um it creates these massive blooms as well of phytoplankton, which in itself can release certain toxins to shellfish yeah. and birds and even in humans. But when there's this, when there's so many nutrients in the water and then there's this huge explosion of phytoplankton, they need oxygen in order to mm-hmm. survive and um, photosynthesize, I guess. And yeah. It uses up all the oxygen in an area, so all the fish die. So it's called a dead zone, and I didn't even really think of that. But jellyfish can also survive in that type of environment. So after, like, a red tide, for example, like a huge bloom of toxic um, phytoplankton, the jellyfish kind of move into that area and Mm -hmm. just take over the world. So that's kind of what happens, I believe, in... All kinds of places probably monterey yeah. yeah yeah i think it's also just like a reminder too that everything is so connected in the ocean mm-hmm. um and like you said mm-hmm. the runoffs and um overfishing and things like that it does affect it so yeah. like i said and... it's just a reminder that everything is so connected in our ecosystem within the ocean oh yeah it's a delicate balance Um, and something else that I read that I thought was interesting is not only are they, so not only are humans somewhat responsible sometimes from these massive Mm -hmm. jellyfish blooms, some of it is of course natural. A lot of it happens from natural causes, but things like overfishing and runoff, that is human caused, um, jellyfish explosions basically, but we cause the problem, but then that ends up causing a lot more problems for humans too. I read that 
Yeah. Um, when there's these massive jellyfish blooms, it clogs their fishing equipment. <laughs> I've seen Oh my a gosh, ship I was going to bring that, that was, up. I thought that was so funny. I know. I saw that a ship was destroyed from going through like a wall of oh jellyfish. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I've seen that power plants that have like the mm-hmm. cooling water intake, it blocks the flow of water. So the whole power plant has to shut down. And it affects tourism by increasing jellyfish stings. And so beaches have to be closed. So, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it just it's a trickle down effect. It just affects everything. It's almost like a karma to us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, there was one other thing that I thought was cool. And this is just another thing that we should add to our list of travels. We already have like Hawaii, Baja, all the Tonga. We have all the places that we want to go. But there was one place that I was researching that's so cool. So most jellyfish live in saltwater, but there's a few Mm -hmm. that can be found in freshwater, but they're generally all around the world. But in this one country called Palau, there's one population that I believe used to be in the ocean, but because of all kinds of shifts that have happened, now it's become a lake. So it's a saltwater lake in Palau that's full of jellyfish. Have you ever seen pictures of people swimming in that lake that's just like full of jellies? No, I haven't. Oh, I've seen pictures of it. It's all, I have to send you a picture. It's so cool. So basically there's just millions of jellyfish in this lake and you can go. It costs a hundred dollars for a pass oh but I think, it's for, I think it's good for like 10 days so if you go like camp there or whatever oh. um you can go swimming in this lake and the jellies do have stinging cells they don't harm people but the only problem that I read this is one reason why they restrict it is that there's been a tourist that went to swim in this jellyfish lake that got eaten mm-hmm. by a saltwater crocodile <gasps> oh. <laughs> so what? I'm like do I want to go? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Oh, you know what? I just now looked it up at the, and looked at some pictures and yeah, I have seen it. I've seen it a few times on social media. That's insane. It's really cool. I would love, oh, the photos be so cool. I wonder what kind of jellyfish is that? Um, I'm trying to look and I don't see a name to it. Let me see if I can. I can't remember. I don't know if they're called golden jellyfish or if that was just what they called them. Huh. Uh, Let me see. Jellyfish. It's just called Jellyfish Lake. Um. Okay. I still don't see anything. Huh. Yeah. Huh. That's weird. Well, if we find a better name, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to post it or something. Yeah. But I guess in a nutshell, that's jellyfish for you. They're fascinating. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, there's so much to know about them. And that is, like, barely even, like, the tip of the mm-hmm. iceberg. That was, and that was a lot of info yeah. about jellyfish. But that was, yeah, that was a lot of info. And there's so little we still know. And there's so many more species out there that we have yet to find. And who so knows many. what what information can you know is contained in those ones as well the ones that are deeper in in areas where we can't get to Mm -hmm. I mean there has to be so much more information about those of how they're surviving in those type of waters and how deep they are I mean I just I love seeing all the different especially Mumbari 
they're constantly posting stuff. If for uh, you guys listening, um, if you haven't followed Mamari already, please be sure to because there it's an awesome source for you guys to see videos and get a little bit of information each day. They're awesome about posting um, on Instagram, and I highly recommend it because um, just their little clips and info that they they post is very educational and it's just it's really awesome to see their research uh trips that they do Mm -hmm. yes cool well that was fun i love talking about jellyfish so that that was an awesome episode yeah that was um just a little bit about jellyfish one of my new favorite sea animals (laughs) yeah so if you guys do have any other questions, anything that we didn't mention that maybe we have jellyfish yeah. experts listening. And if there's anything that we missed and you want to add, I know. definitely <laughs> let us know on our Instagram page. Or if anybody has any topic suggestions of another animal that they'd like us to deep dive on, let us know. I was just talking about to Kirsty that I really want to do one on sperm whales. So yes, I love them. I love sperm whales. Yes. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. Um, this episode honestly was so much fun. And I think we're, I think we mentioned that we were going to aim for recording Wednesday nights and posting Thursdays. But I mean, of course, if our schedules change, it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, we're going to try to aim for that. That way you guys can have episodes with guests yes. um, on certain days. And then you guys can have some fun episodes with just me and Erica. And honestly, it's it's fun because Erica and I can do our own research. And then we kind of come together with it. And it's really cool to just go back and forth and have an educational uh, discussion about it. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks so much, Kirsty. And yeah, you guys definitely check out our Instagram page, the Ocean Lovers Podcast. We're trying to get a Facebook page together too, so we can post. Um, definitely, yes. we're going to post the sources where we got our information. We're going to try mm-hmm. to post that on our Facebook page. So if you guys, we actually just made one. So um, if you guys yep. want to check <laughs> us out on Facebook, you can find us at the Ocean Lovers Podcast there as well. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you guys yes. so much. Thank you for listening and definitely let us know what you think and we will talk to you guys soon. Yep. We'll see you guys next uh, Thursday. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye.